Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. Welcome to Sacred City Vision Drip. Pastor Sam here. It's episode five. We are cranking out content for you. Hopefully you've been enjoying it. You can subscribe, like it, whatever, you know, post it on social media. Uh, well, actually, I don't even care if it's on social media. Just tell the people in your missional community to give this a listen, because that's really who this is for. It's for the people of Sacred City Church to help us establish and to refine the gospel culture that God is building here in Sacred City Church in Moline. Um, I started at this podcast talking a lot about hospitality, gospel hospitality at that, specifically in the context of Sacred City, you know, related functions or just in general, I suppose, uh, but specifically with uh, opening up our homes um, in missional communities, um, with uh, a Sunday morning gatherings, making our place feel like welcome, um, welcoming and inviting and a place where people feel like they belong. And I'm going to continue this conversation on hospitality, but I'm going to zoom out a little bit. Um, I'm going to kind of take a more broad approach here, not so much in relation to Sacred City Church and, and you know our Sunday functions and and you know midweek gatherings with missional communities, um, but maybe in a, in a larger capacity um, as a means using hospitality as a means to renew our city, which is part of our mission, make disciples, plant churches, renew the city. Uh, you hear me talk about it often. I, I mention it often from the pulpit. It's plastered on our walls here. If you've been in our church building, uh, we exist to make disciples, plant churches and renew the city. Um, with that to like, you gotta ask, what does that mean? What does it mean to renew the city. It doesn't mean we just like slap paint on walls, um, you know, make it look nice. What, what does that mean exactly? Well, I, that could be part of it. We want to make, we want to beautify spaces in our city um, and make them look lovely um, because that is what their trajectory is in the new heavens, new earth when Jesus comes and restores all things to himself. Everything will be beautified, even me, even you. What an exciting day that will be. Um, but in the meantime, Jesus is calling us uh, to renew the city, to, to live in such a way where we take um, the gospel, which beautifies us in an internal way, and make external manifestations of that. So we, we go to work, and we, we work with you know, the, the kindness and compassion and, and the gentleness of Jesus. Like, that's part of renewing the city. We're changing the cultures of our work environment. Uh, we're offering um, a superior service to people, not because we want their money or want to be tipped well, but because we're serving these people as unto the Lord. And so this is part of renewing the city. But but another way that we can renew the city um, is through gospel hospitality. 
and um, an organization that's that's in the Quad Cities that's doing this really well um, is Safe Families for Children. It is a nonprofit organization. It's a parachurch ministry, but it's really meant to be um, uh, embedded within the local church. It's not something that people go outside of the church to do, but something that the local church adopts as a means to serve and to bless and to renew the city and I, uh, in this episode of Sacred City Vision Drip, we're talking about that with uh, Jessica Trowbridge, um, who is on staff with Safe Families. In fact, Safe Families—I don't know if you know this—but uh, we, since we've got a lot of space in our church building, um, and I'm the only one here who's officing out of the church building for the majority of the week, we've got a couple nonprofits that have nested uh, within their church building and sacred—or excuse me, not Sacred City, but Safe Families are, is one of those organizations that has some office space here, and so we're happy to host them. Uh, we're happy to link arms with them, provide a space for them to do their trainings when it's not all online virtually. Um, and, and so I am. Uh, I, I brought Jessica Trowbridge and one of our very own Terry Adams uh, into the room to discuss um, gospel hospitality with us and talk about how we can use this as a way to renew the city. Um, now, I, I just want to frame this up because I didn't really communicate this in in some of the previous podcasts, but. Really, when when we talk about gospel hospitality, well, first of all, what is it? It's it's like it's making outsiders feel like they belong. That's part of it. But there's also this other aspect of it that's really like gospel motivated is that we're making outsiders feel like they belong, not necessarily for our own interests. Like we're, we're not doing it in order to get some kickback from them or hopefully one day they'll return the favor to us. We're just doing it because we've already experienced the hospitality of, of Jesus, that God has already opened his arms toward us and he's brought us in. And so we want to communicate that and convey that to other people. And so we, we as Christians ought to practice hospitality for the sojourner, um, for those who uh, can't necessarily or doesn't appear as if they have the means to repay the favor and just um, bless them uh, by opening up our spaces, our homes, our lives, our hearts to them uh, in, in a really meaningful way meaningful way. And, and the apostle Paul tells us that in doing so, or actually, you know, where's my source here? Uh, who's Hebrews? I believe it's Hebrews. So maybe it could be Paul, um, says that in doing so in practicing hospitality, some have entertained angels. So you never know. I mean, practicing hospitality might put you in the presence of of a divine being. And I think certainly as we practice hospitality, Jesus is with us. So anyway, uh, I, I digress. Uh, so with this, this episode, I want to just take uh, time for you to hear and, and really put it in front of you and say, Hey, this is a really cool thing that's going on within our community already. Like this isn't something that we have to build. This is not a ministry that we have to, to build ourselves. We don't have to hire a staff person. We don't have to do anything like that. We don't have to do any of the logistical work, set up a new 501c3, all of that stuff. Okay. Uh, this is a ministry that's already operating, um, right here in our backyard or actually right here within the church building, um, that we can actually link arms with in a meaningful way, more than just providing for some space for them to, you know, do their computer stuff. Um, so I, I hope this is, um, this shows you, presents to you an opportunity, exposes you to um, some of the good work that God is doing here already in the Quad Cities that perhaps God is calling some of us, if not, you know, a large portion of us uh, within Sacred City to serve and to practice biblical hospitality um, by linking arms with safe families. So, hey, just sit back, enjoy this conversation. Um, 
I hope you enjoy it. I hope this is insightful for you and uh, really inspires you toward biblical hospitality. Let's take a listen. Uh, I am joined with Jessica Trowbridge, who is the, you just told me, but I forgot already. The chapter coordinator. Chapter coordinator of Safe Families. Uh, and Terry Adams, who is a member of Sacred City Church and the co-leader of the Park Hill Missional Community. And I have these lovely ladies in to talk about um, hospitality, gospel hospitality. We've been talking about this the last couple of sessions of this uh, Sacred City Vision Drip podcast. And I wanted to bring Jessica in because I think she presents a very, and Say Families presents a very um, helpful and, uh, I don't know, it's just really compelling vision for how we as a church um, get to step into biblical hospitality, not necessarily just for the people in our own environments that step into our homes, but as a church, how do we how do we interact in a way with our city that is hospi- hospitable uh, and, and is thinking of like how we can um, invest ourselves in the city without expecting anything in return. So, uh, Jessica, would you just take a little bit of time and tell us about Safe Families, about uh, w- about the organization and about what you guys do? So Safe Families uh, was developed because historically, if we go back to uh, biblical times, it was the church, the local church that would wrap around our community and take in widows and orphans. And as generations have gone on, um, the church has taken a step back. So the vision was created as how can we be the church again to stop step back into the vulnerable lives of children. So with that, um, what we are here to do is families who are experiencing a crisis, whether that's a mental health illness, um, they may need to go to the hospital, they may be homeless, they may be facing incarceration, a drug addiction, but they really want to get to a place that they keep their family and their kids specifically with them, and they want to reach stability. So how can the church, whatever those situations be, how can we as the body of Christ come back in and wrap around these families and give them the opportunity and the chance to reach stability, and at the same time, we have the opportunity to share the gospel message while we're hosting their children or friending them, whatever that relationship ends up looking like. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really interesting. Just to think of like how a lot of the responsibilities or the calling of the church has sort of been exported into different places. You know, even we have seen uh, I've we, my wife and I have been involved uh, in various capacities with Safe Families for a while. And we've just seen how Safe Families has really provided a stopgap for, you know, like you were saying, people in crisis, but also keeping their kids out of the system because when, it's so hard to get out of the system once you get in. And so to see the church really step into uh, a really needed position to whether it be short term and long term, on average, how long, how long uh, do you know placements or how long if a kid were to to be part of Safe Families, how long typically do they stay with Safe Families? So Safe Families um, is a national organization, and historically, um, statistically, throughout all of our chapters, the national length of stay is forty two days. However, in this chapter, it's usually two to three weeks. And that's usually because homelessness would be the reason for that. And a lot of the parents that we have helped, we can find that they can usually secure housing in that time frame. There are special circumstances where um, a length of stay could be longer, but it's really case by case. But it's not as common for us to have like three or four months or longer um, hostings for a child. Sometimes it's just an overnight or a couple of days. We've had a couple of moms this last 
a summer that needed to have C-sections, for example, and have a baby. So we were able to host their children for a couple nights so they could go into the hospital and um, have that baby and then be able to be re- reunited. Yeah. It sounds like there is more than just like child care being provided with what's going on with safe families. Like what, what are kind of like the avenues or what sort of services or ways do you engage with these families who are in crisis? So I can share an example right now of um, a mom that we're working with. She actually came to us about four years ago, and um, she's just been kind of up and down with stability and raising three of her children by herself. And some things that she just needs and I have been able to do but um, would love to see like other people just to come alongside her um, is just to go get groceries. Once a month, she gets her check that she needs and then she just needs someone to take her and fill up her cart and load them back up and go back to her home. Um, she needs laundry done sometimes. She needs help cleaning her house and she gets to the point that she gets so overwhelmed and um, it's just an opportunity. Like even if you can't host a child, like can you just, can we just go and just be with this mom for a couple hours and just listen to her? Sometimes she'll just call and just need to vent and Sometimes it's just picking up the phone and just listening. And that's what I did with her the other day for 20 minutes. She called saying that she needed a hosting. But as I'm listening to her and she's sharing everything that's going on in her life, I just presented the question back to her, what is helpful? And she's like, I don't know anymore what is helpful. So just kind of talking through that. But sometimes it is, they just need a listening ear. And so it's just another way that we can serve if it's not necessarily bringing a child into our home, which is an awesome thing, but... Um, I think just being there for these parents, too, that don't have any other network. She doesn't trust a lot of people. So building trust and seeing consistency from us as the church that we are going to walk alongside them, I think, is huge. That's cool. Yeah, it sounds like this is very highly relational. It's not just, you know, an exchange of good or services, but actually like wanting to know somebody and know kind of their mess and find the best ways to serve them. Um, now, the way that Safe Families works it's not like it's not a ministry that's embedded within just one single church. It's really like a, a standalone, you know, it's like a, a parachurch ministry, but really has its hands in a bunch of different churches. So I don't know. What are the number? How many different churches like in the Quad City area are? Do you know that number off the top of your head? I mean, it's more than five. I would say it's about five right now. Five churches. But we have vault that are actively considered safe families as a ministry of their church, maybe a little bit less. Okay. Volunteer wise, we have over 70 families that are approved. We have about 30 that are considered active right now. Um, but that's just because life changes and, you know, just kind of the ebbs and flows of that. Um, so the way I like to describe safe families and how churches can actually, uh, present it is so if you've heard of the ministry of WANA, where that's a ministry of the church. And so that's what safe families is designed to be. It's like a pro church ministry where you adopt safe families to be a ministry. A lot of churches are already doing this, but we're here to support the churches to be able to continue to do this. So we're helping you connect with your community. So we're leveraging on your people, um, the congregations in the church. And then we're like that middle person that is getting those referrals to then give you those people. And then the church wraps around them in a lot of different ways and then kind of goes from there. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds like, I mean, one of the functions Safe Families serves as is just to be a connector of people. Like you guys know the people who are in need. You know some of the, you know, the uh, organizations within the city that maybe are more conventional. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but that are doing some sort of, um, sir, I, what's the word of it? Uh, 
you know what I'm talking about? Social services type. Resources. Yes. Yeah. Some resourcing. And then, and then just the church who I would say most people have a desire to help, but maybe don't know exactly. They don't have the exposure that, that you guys have. So that's really cool. So as, as you guys do what you do and you're connecting people and we have people who are listening that maybe like, okay, well, I, I see what I have a desire to practice this biblical radical hospitality to, to care for the widow and the orphan, the sojourner, those people who, who maybe are not already in my circle. How do churches, how do people, you know, within Sacred City Church, what would it look like for them to get involved? What are the different, you know, ways of serving that would be helpful? So the roles that we have, so we broke down into roles, the primary role that a lot of people sign up for is considered the host family, where you're actually taking in a child into your home. Um, the family friend plays a dual function. So that family friend is either assisting the host family, um, either by coming along as providing maybe some babysitting or some overnight care for the current host family, or maybe they have access to some other resources that the host family may need. Um, or that family friend is assigned to a parent who, like I described earlier, may need someone just to be more of a mentor to that parent as they're trying to figure out how to raise three little kids under the age of four. Um, a resource friend, um, those individuals um, don't have to go through any type of volunteer um, approval process. They're just considered like, yeah, I'm available if a family needs diapers or clothes or that type of thing. The family coach, um, that is a huge role. And what a family coach does is once a hosting has been accepted, that family coach oversees, helps oversee that entire hosting. So ensuring that the parent is meeting their goals that they've identified for hosting, checking in on the host parent to make sure that they're okay, more like the caseworker part of the whole process. Um, and then they're communicating with staff too. So we're all working together to ensure then that the goals are being met. Um, and then the ministry lead, uh, that's within the churches. So that's the main contact at the church between staff and the church. So a lot of, we try to avoid talking to, I guess, the pastors as much because you guys have a lot on your plate. So no. if we can identify, <laughs> we can identify like Terry, for example, as our main contact. So if there's anything that needs to happen within the church or other volunteers, we can, she can oversee that and make sure they're supported, helping yeah. make sure the volunteers are supported. So it sounds like there's a lot of different ways yes. of different degrees and intensities of whether it's opening up your home to invite a little one or multiple little ones in or, or even just being a resource person or a coach or a mentor um, to those people. There's just a lot of different ways for people to get in. Now, the reason why I have Terry here is because Terry has served uh, in multiple of these functions as a host, as a coach, as well, I think Jessica just volunteered her to be the ministry lead. So there's she that already too. Is. She's yeah. already oh, assigned. Well, she's here assigned we go. It. I'm out of the loop already. <laughs> she already so volunteered herself. There she is. So um, can you tell, I just want to hear a little bit about your experience and and not just like what you, I mean, I want to hear like what it entailed to do it, but also like how, how did you experience like God's grace to you and your family in the midst of like this extra, you know, little one in your in your hands or taking the extra time to invest in somebody else? Like what kind of this is a really consumeristic way to say it, but what was in it for you in like a good way? You know what I mean? Well, um, we got involved with Safe Families in 2008, right around the same time that we became foster parents. So we were 
kind of um, serving in, in, in both organizations there. And uh, there's definitely a need for foster care, obviously, and, and it's a great need, great need for foster parents. But like Jessica said, not every case needs to be in the system. And what I loved about Safe Families is that, you know, if a, if a single mom or a family is dealing with homelessness and they just need someone to care for their kids for a few weeks so that they can secure housing, get on their feet, and avoid the long, tedious process of, of having their kids being placed in foster care, then if we can avoid that, then we're, we're benefiting that family greatly. And we're also helping out the foster system, you know, so that they can deal with with cases that really need to be in the foster system. So that's what I really loved about it. And um, so over the years, um, we've had placements. Most of our placements through Safe Families have been real short-term um, that have stayed in our home. Um, a lot of what I've done lately with Safe Families has been more of a family friend role and a family coach role. And... Um, the roles really do overlap quite a bit because Jessica will send out emails and, and uh, messages that just say, hey, here's this need. You know, sometimes it's it's a need for a host family, but not always. And a lot of times it's just resources. These moms, um, you know, they, they do desperately want to support their families and keep their families together, um, but without childcare, without transportation, you know, these things that I know I often take for granted. Um, that's, that's the, those are the needs that they have in order to keep jobs in order to, you know, um, keep housing and things like that. And so, uh, oftentimes it looks like, you know, running an errand or a ride to a job interview or, um, you know, someone to go get groceries when, when the kids are sick and mom can't get out to do that. And so um, as we have built relationships with some of these moms, really they do become more like friendships. And um, uh, yeah, and that's where, that's where a lot of the, the roles just kind of overlap. If somebody wanted to, to get involved what would their next step be? They hear it, okay, I don't know if I can be a host person, but I think I could be a family friend. Or, you know, oh, I got extra space, I got an extra bedroom, I think I could host. What would what would the next steps for somebody to be to kind of take this step into biblical hospitality and opening up their homes or partnering with safe families? So what I would say here at Sacred City is reach out to Terry because she um, is considered the ministry lead for and the main point of contact, and she can answer questions. And then um, if someone chooses to go forward, then she can direct them to us where we can get them started in the application process, depending on what role. Um, but Terry can help, you know, answer those questions and then point them in the right direction to get connected. Cool. And so for, I heard you say something about the, like a screening. So if you're going to be a host, there's a screening, there's some training that goes into that. So you're not just getting thrown to the deep end, Correct. right? All that stuff. Um, yeah. So there's, there's ways to kind of be equipped for this. Um, is there anything that I missed that you would like, Hey, you should probably know this about safe families that I just didn't ask a good question about. So a couple of things to think about, um, you know, as at sacred city, we have missional communities and, and we become like a family. And so that becomes this really strong support network for us. Um, and a lot of the moms that, that safe families serves literally have no support network whatsoever. And so, um, 
integrating these moms into our local churches is what is just ideal and that's ultimately what um you know what our goal is is to to bring them into the family of god and and um and develop those relationships relationships with them um another thing i i thought was important to uh just put out there is that if if you're interested in becoming involved in safe families if you feel like that's something that's tugging on your heart that the lord's calling you to do um this is something where whatever role you're in um you'll get you know the way the communication works is messages through emails and group me and things like that where jessica will say this is the need that's out there and you know it might not be the right time for you to serve that mom and so you don't have to respond right then um obviously we want to be obedient to the holy spirit and what he's calling us to do but sometimes it truly isn't the right time for you to serve and so there's no um you're not being locked into anything that you're not prepared for or that you're not ready for or it's not a good time for. Um, so for Sacred City specifically, I just want to encourage anybody who has heard about Safe Families and is interested or just even curious, I would love to sit down with you over a cup of coffee or or whatever you'd like to do and just awesome. talk. I would just piggyback on that too, that no matter what stage of life or age you are, anybody can serve. I think of Dear Alice I don't know if you remember her, Terry, many, many years ago, she was 85 years old and all she could do, and which is awesome, is she could care for a four-year-old for a couple hours of the day. She didn't drive, but she knew how to operate that city bus. Mm -hmm. So you know what? It doesn't matter what age of life, you know, you don't have to have the perfect house. You don't have to have the perfect family because we're all where God calls us to be. So don't let age or time of life stop you. There's always something you can do. Absolutely. That's great. Um. Yeah, safe families are just so many moving parts with it. And I think there's just so many different opportunities to get involved. And I think that we're hesitant to get involved because it's hard work. And I think sometimes we think, well, these families or these moms that we're going to help is going to be tied up in a pretty little bow and it's going to go smooth as butter. And it doesn't go that way. And I think that it's hard. It's hard work to build relationships with parents and with families and you know, I'll be honest, I've had my own struggles where I'm just like, you know, does she, she's calling again, you know? But I think that God just like calls us to really open up our hearts. And we don't know how long that parent will be in our life. I mean, they may be in our life for two weeks or maybe six months. We may not hear from them for six years. So you, you never know like the impact you're having them just on that very short blip of time. And I've gotten calls before, and I honestly have not wanted to go see that mom today or, or help her get her groceries because I'd rather be watching a movie because I'm exhausted. But then when I put it back into context, it's like, really, Jessica, in the light of eternity, it's two hours of my entire Sunday. You know, next Sunday, I may be on the couch. So I've had to do a heart check within myself, too, on that. And But just understanding that when we sign up for this, just realizing that God calls us to do it and... Um, it's not easy, but it's rewarding. And whether we see it on this side of attorney or not, we can have a huge impact in the lives of so many people. And I just, we, I, yeah, I just hear so many stories of these moms. Like I said, too, it's just a trust issue. If we can build that trust, too, mm-hmm. and they can see consistency. Because um, we, we want to show that to them, too. Yeah, wouldn't it be crazy that if, if the people in our city really thought that the church was capable of demonstrating and displaying the love of Jesus, how... How much they would open up 
to to God, how much they would open up to a church family and find that really these people who are helping and save families, like we don't, like for me at least as a pastor, I don't want it to stop at just save families and then our relationship end. I want to, like there's a real, really a desire to see them integrate into the life of the church and be part of this really unique community that Jesus is putting together. And as people who sit here and we can talk about it and, you know, like, of course there's like things for us to do, but really any of our doing is really motivated first by God and his disposition towards the orphans and those who are marginalized and those who are really um, in the midst of crisis. I just think of the gospel story is God reaching down to the orphans like us. Like we were, we were separated from our father uh, because of sin and he came, he swooped in, he took on the messiness in order to swoop us up and bring us into his family. And so I just think this is, this is one of those things that the, uh, the imperatives of, of the gospel just go, are, are very visible here with this kind of ministry of, of caring for families. And especially when you think just with culturally, like fatherlessness is a big deal. It's a, it's a big problem, especially when you're moving into families that are struggling with poverty and mental he- health issues. And so it's just an opportunity for, for the church and, and the assets of fatherhood that we have and, and good motherhood to step in and to meet these needs. So I think real quick too, I just, one thing I've noticed um, our parents have to fill out a full intake form and they will mark at the end of this form, what resources they need. And it is a very high percentage of how many of these moms will say spiritual support. Mm. And even if we mentioned, as we mentioned it, cause we explained what safe families that were faith based, you can see tears in their eyes and then just, they light up and we say, you know, your child may go to church, you know, you may get asked to be prayed for or go to church and they just, this wave. So even if they haven't been in church for a lot of years or maybe understand the gospel message, they have that longing in them. And we have that opportunity to give that to them. Mm. So it's just a really, yeah. Low hanging gospel fruit. That's it right there. Well, I want to thank you, Jessica, for serving our cities and doing what you do, save families and really mobilizing the church to practice gospel hospitality. Um, in their homes and as part of the church. And Terry, for stepping into the different roles and sharing a little bit of your experience with that. I want to just, uh, I'm going to, I don't know, is it, can you pray on a podcast? I'm going to pray. Uh, pray for safe families and, and just that the Lord would provide vision for Sacred City if this is a way where we can get involved. Father, I do thank you for, first of all, your, your disposition towards those who are in the midst of brokenness, those who are experiencing uh, vulnerability and, and the fatherless and those who are just, have an understanding of their need. And I, I'm thankful, God, that, that that's really our story and how you've brought us into your family, how you've poured out your love on us, um, and how you are making us into a kind of people that show others what that love is like. And so I, I, I thank you for ministries like Safe Families and those who are serving and doing the leadership stuff. And that, um, God, I pray that you continue to make them um, fruitful and effective here in the Quad Cities and beyond. I pray that um, the needs of the people um, who are coming to them for help would be met, and that even even more so, more than just their their physical, tangible needs, um, that they would find really the, the the what their soul is longing for in you. Um, I pray that the church would be mobilized to do this and to do it with um, a generous and, and joyful spirit. And so, and then I just pray God for Sacred City Church specifically. Would you help us to to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, be sensitive to, to maybe if you're calling individuals or us as a church to maybe take on a, a larger role um, with safe families, opening up our homes, opening up our lives, opening up our hearts um, to care for and love these people in our city. And would you help us, God? Just This would be a perfect avenue for us um, to work together, to link arms, 
um, and renew the city. So, God, would you bless this work? Um, would you be glorified in it? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks, Terry. Hey, guys, thanks for taking the time to listen in on that conversation. I hope, you know, Terry and I have been talking about this for about a year now. How can we get um, safe families and what they're doing in our city in front of the people of Sacred City? Make them aware of that and, and just prompt and, and ask if, you know, would you guys be willing to step into that? If Do you have the margin in your life? And even if you don't think you do and, and you're just like, I don't know if I do right now, but I would want to at some point. I just encourage you to reach out, talk to Terry, grab that cup of coffee. Um, and let's just let's just be prayerful about what God might do in our city as we practice biblical hospitality. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Sunday. Sunday.